Season 2, Space Cadets and the Pirates of the Outer Rim. Written by Brent Winzek and Jordan Stein. Sound design by Chris Chenegay and Man of Science Studios. Executive produced by the Jimmy Will Company. Episode 2, The Marauder's Mark. File information. Name, La Support Journal. Category, audio. Date, unknown. File playback in three, two, one. We've been scouring the sunken island on La Support for some time now, but Hank has not been able to locate the Goliathan Temple. I've gone to great lengths to communicate with the Candelonian who aided my companions many months ago, curious as to why his brethren are so hostile. While communications are strained, I've translated his name into English. It's pronounced Nemagayan. My biggest regret is being unable to date my entries. We've been here for 392 of the planet's days, but it's a smaller planet and I have no way of calculating the difference. We've noted a variety of interesting things in our time here. Captain Stanick's right arm is healing, the mechanic shedding gradually. I cannot say whether this is due to Goliathan exposure or not. We've also regained the use of our weapons, which has made hunting easier. I'm convinced the Goliathan was the cause of the planet's energy drain. Hank and Jablon are salvaging shipwrecks in the hopes of making our adopted vessel, the Red Wida, spaceworthy. File information. Name, La Support Journal. Category, audio. Date, unknown. File playback in three, two, one. We successfully broke atmosphere today, leaving La Support behind us. The abundance of wildlife on the little aqua star allowed us to pack plenty of fresh food. We estimate we can avoid a strain on the ship's systems if we take our time. Hank projects about two months in space, roughly five and a half weeks until we start seeing supply depots. As soon as we're close enough, I need to reach out to Pontiac Jones. I'm sure my friends will want to retrieve Cliptox's remains. I realize now that I haven't paid tribute yet to Vice Admiral Kalila Cliptox, lost in a cave-in on Zebulon 5 just over a year ago. Boniac promised he'd try to find her body. A bit of disruption in our progress. We discovered a stowaway in our hold. Our counterpart from Lassaport, Nemagayan, seems to have slipped on board. He and I have been comparing notes on the Goliathan phenomena we experienced. Say hello. The Candelonian is called Gali Nemagayan. Nemegayan greets the Argyle ape in his native tongue. I'm sorry, what is Gali? The Gali serve and care for the Goliathan. The Gali wait for the Lightbringer. I'm afraid I overloaded the system by making the datacom run all those translation functions. I still don't fully understand what the title Gali means. The crew suggested the best translation might be Doctor, but I disagree. It seems too closely related to his religious beliefs. Regardless, the rest of the crew have taken to calling him Doc. We're five weeks from last support now. 
Still on our return journey. An unidentified power drain dropped the engines to 21%, and a coolant leak spoiled most of our food supplies. I haven't seen another ship yet, and no sign of a depot. Captain Stanek and Jablon have been particularly edgy. The captain has been alternating the crew on two-man shifts. Gives everyone space. September 3rd, 2353 A.D. On the very edge of charted space, just beyond the Ornaz system, a bulky space station slinks through shadows cast by passing asteroids. A sign flashes its name, the jolly value in proud neon letters. Umbilicus connectors stretch out along its hull like a bloated metal centipede. Underneath its clear ceiling, a marketplace bustles. Rows of tents, tables, and scrap piles all swarm with creatures selling goods. Captopus the Comiopian smacks his lips in the far corner. He's a slimy, orange fish man with bulging eyes, swollen gills, and filth-streaked coveralls. Absolutely not. I won't take this. It's worth twice what I'm asking. You've just quoted us 400. No, no, no. For this model, I must have six. Argyle Socks, the genteel man with dark features and a prominent triangular nose, pops up from behind a dirty blue engine block. He peers into the gaskets with a flashlight, then shakes his head at Jablon, the burly space cadet's pilot. Jablon crosses his arms, staring intently at Keptopus. With his wild beard and tattered uniform, he looks like an island castaway. Keptopus, come on. I don't want to deal with this today. You said four. You added the cold fusion chamber and the extra carbine. I'm not selling it as a set. Parts only. This isn't worth six even if it had all the valve cover gaskets. It's not even worth four. The price is the price. It most certainly is. And it's not polite to change it. Are you threatening me, air sucker? Jablon and Argyle exchange a worried look as a cloaked figure springs out of Keptopus's supply tank, bolting down an adjacent aisle, arms laden with parts. Quick! The engine block! Don't you dare! Jablon punches Keptopus in his slimy jowls as Argyle shoves the cart forward. Lead the way! Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Come on, Argyle, keep moving. Uh, I wish I had a gun. Keep your head down. Whoa, you're gonna kill us all. Hey, come back up here for that. Through here. Oh, oh, I hate mammals. As Keptopis reloads, the cloaked figure drops from the rafters. The cloak falls away, revealing Nemegan's slender Candelonian frame. Stop! 
The sourfish discharged a firearm aboard a space vessel. By killing the sourfish, Nemegayan has saved many. Remind me never to piss you off. Come on, let's move! The cadets duck out of the corridor and turn into the sprawling docking bay, where dozens of tunnels are tethered to spaceships like boats in a marina. Nemegayan pulls his hood back over his head. Bay 19. Bay 19. There it is! Behind them, a horde of angry merchants bound into the docking bay, brandishing all manner of weapons. This way. Javon, what is pissed off? Angry, Doc! Like the people chasing us? Angry. Affirmative. Hey, uh, Hank, we've, uh, upset the locals. Gonna need some backup. In Docking Bay 19, the cadet's battered galleon, the Red Wida, hovers in space dock. Hank the Hulgarian snaps a side panel back into place on the ship. His helmet is scuffed and dirty, and without his robotic legs, he sits upright on his tail like a cobra, politely ignoring a female Comiopian as he packs up his tools. How long have you been in space? A long time. Hmm. You look like you could use a swim. I'm good, thanks. Hmm. You wanna come swim with me, big boy? Lady, for the last time, no. Hmm. Hank, start the engines! I'm not inside. Start the engines, Hank! Get it up, Hank, the engines! I've got it. Hank turns to see Jablon and Argyle rushing towards him with a wobbly cart chased by a mob of merchants. Nemegayan dodges projectiles from the unruly crowd and skitters up to Docking Bay 19. Hank dives inside the red wire, his hand hovering over the door lock. The cadets pile in, and Hank swats the button. The door slams shut, locking them safely inside, and the red wire swings away from the Jolly Value. As it rips its umbilicus connector, two merchants are siphoned out into space before the Jolly Value's emergency hatch snaps shut. Inside the red wide as cargo bay, the lights flicker on. Jablon squints, shielding his eyes as Stanek, their captain, enters. He too has an unkempt beard, and his dark hair has been hacked short. He crosses his arms, frustration flickering in his eyes. I thought we agreed it was important for Doc to stay out of sight. I'm fine, thanks. Argyle, you okay? If the wrong person recognizes him, it puts us all in danger. He's fine. No one saw him. They don't have to identify him. (coughs) Captain, you really should be resting. They just have to see a group of idiots fleeing the Jolly Value with a lizard man. Why were they chasing you? They just (coughs) got mad. I don't know. Jablon. Lumigayan stole goods and killed a sourfish. Damn it, Doc. Great. So now we're pirates and accomplices to manslaughter. Comiopian slaughter, technically. Is the captain pissed off? Yes, Doc, I am. (coughs) Easy, Walt. Don't overexert yourself. Argyle, I'm fine. It's okay. Take it easy. We've got everything we need to get to Smith's point now. That doesn't make this okay. Walt, we had to. We have nothing. You were just chased back to the ship by an angry mob. You think those guys are all making an honest living? Here, 
I found that on the Comiopian we just did business with. The Marauder's Mark? Again? Yeah. Fell right out of his back pocket. That doesn't mean he's with them. Seriously? The closer we get to the Outer Rim, the more I've had to alter course to avoid suspicious signals. Our weapon system still isn't operational. And it's only a matter of time before the Phoenix Marauders tear this ship apart piece by piece with our sorry asses still inside. There's no way to detect that our weapons are down. Walt, these are pirates we're talking about. Hacking ships is kind of their thing. We haven't seen that happen yet. We've seen the Marauders mark at every depot we've been to. Does it mean these pirates are with them? No. But at the very least, they're lying about it to scare people. If we play by the rules out here, we're not going to get anywhere. We aren't going to do this dishonestly. It's not up for discussion. Argyle, if you need my help, I'll be at the helm. Hank, report to the cockpit duty with Jablon. Aye, aye, sir. Jablon does have a point, Captain. I understand that, but I can't justify stealing. Forgive my pointedness, but how did you justify mission abandonment to help me? That was different. You wanted a labyrinth. There was more to it. A lot more, of course. My point is, nothing you've done, at least in our time together, has been by the book. If you want us to survive out here, you can't start holding us to that standard now. How do you feel, truly? Honestly, I'm exhausted. You should rest. Nemagain can help me with the engines. Stanek nods, clapping his hand on Argyle's shoulder before gingerly retreating to his bunk. In the cockpit, Jablon slumps into the helmsman's seat. Hank reclines in front of him, watching the stars through the red-widest panoramic windshield. His reflection warps in the wood-grain pattern etched onto the glass as he leans forward. He switches on the radio. At Pan Motion, we believe in quality engineering and mechanics. Whether your trade is in freight, luxury, or defense. My board of directors thinks it's a very big deal, and we aren't sure why the Interplanetary Space Federation was requesting such aggressively designed warships. But you yourself are a veteran of the ISF Military Academy. I implore members of council to end these militarization efforts. The public opinion throughout the Federation is that we should not be interfering with politics in the Outer Rim. Still, this has got to be driving Walt nuts. We're finally in range and his ex-girlfriend's on every station. I picked up that interview earlier. Sounds like the ISF is up to something in the Outer Rim. If Demaria took things as far as the Council, there's cause for concern. I didn't enlist for the politics. Maybe not, but they affect you either way. Overriding autopilot. Wait, keep the engines at a slow burn. Why? Humor me. There's another ship nearby, off the port bow. No way, we'd see it. I'm telling you it's there, half an AK away. Maybe less. Look, right there. Where? Look there. See the top half of that constellation? It's a reflection. Oh, I see it. There's a scuff on the hull obscuring that star. The reflective surface camouflages it. Makes it look invisible. 
The engines are idling. You can hear the engines? It's more like filling them. But yeah. You think they're watching us? Most likely. How should I fly? Fly normal. They're not moving, just watching. That's not reassuring. Keep going. They have no way of knowing we can see them unless they have a Hulgarian on board. Stealing those parts was a bad idea. If they were after us for that, they'd already have us. You don't see any markings, do you? On the camouflage ship? No. They've gotta be marauders. You've said that about every ship we've passed out here. That's not... Okay, actually, that's fair. There was that blue one and then the... Yeah. Totally fair. I... I just... I think they're more than just ghost stories. That's all. What do you actually know about the Phoenix Marauders? My dad used to take me to the trade depot so he could drink with his buddies. And this older guy, Jim, he always told the same story. He was usually drunk, but I always thought he was telling the truth. You could see it in his eyes. What was his story? He always said he had the Marauders mark. He'd worked for Pan Motion, running shipments over the barrier, and one time he was carrying some state-of-the-art machinery. Swore on his mother's grave that it was a ghost ship, appeared out of nowhere, overtook them in the blink of an eye. Jim would break down, crying, and call himself a coward because he saw these pirates and he abandoned ship. His men were dying behind him. He could hear their screams, but he ran for an escape shuttle. I said after he jettisoned, he hid under the dash until he drifted into a barrier checkpoint. He ran shipments with my dad for two years. Then he went missing right after my 10th birthday, and no one at the depot ever heard from him again. One thing's for sure. I'm not telling Walt. Oh, absolutely not. Hank takes his seat and swings it to port, his gaze fixed on the camouflage ship. September 7th, 2353 AD, 12.02 AM. Four days later, Stanek tosses feverishly in his sleep. Alone in the red wide as common bunk, he shivers uncontrollably. Stanek rolls around violently, sweating through his bedsheets. His right hand sparks, shooting frail pink bursts of electricity. Captain, are you what fell? Yeah. Are you okay? Just having some really weird dreams. Care to give us a hand in the engine room? Stanek nods, untangling himself from his bedsheets and following Argyle to the engine room. An assortment of power tools is spread about the floor, and Nemegayan hangs upside down by his tail over the red widest engine block. Nemegayan believes the Thoron couplers are now installed. Engines at 70%. 70? Wow, how, how did you manage that? I'm not entirely sure. Nemegayan's an intuitive mechanic. 
All I did was advise on the appropriate tool. Well done, Doc. Namagayan is happy to have pleased the captain. Query, how is the captain's arm feeling? You told him? Oh, uh, sorry. The Candelonian has disturbed ape social structures. Apologies. Is the captain emotionally unscathed? Yeah, I'm fine. You didn't tell the others, did you? No, Nemagain and I will keep this quiet. Affirmative. Thanks. Here, let me help you clean up. Stanek's right arm is chapped and dry where the metal brace once was, and pink static dances over his skin. His 601 tattoo is cracked and uneven. Is the captain's arm in pain? More like discomfort. It tingles a lot, like it's about to go numb. How do you feel internally? You keep wheezing. Are you short of breath? Yeah, and tired. Plus, I'm burning up. I, I can't cool down. Proposal. Namagayan will bite the captain. Sorry? Oh, uh, small doses of his venom numb the pain. Oh, wait, how do you- We had a minor incident. Forget I asked. Go for it, Doc. The captain must not move. Understood. Oh, wow, that... That's... Strange. But better. Nemagayan is pleased to assist the captain. Doc, you studied the Goliathan on last support, didn't you? The captain has questions about the Goliathan? Yeah. So does Nemagayan. What questions do you have? Did the captain really hold the Goliathan? Yes. And yet Beniti turned to dust when he held it. Captain, I was telling them again about the power drain our technology experienced on last support, and something occurred to me. You never experienced a power drain in the mechanics of your arm, did you? I hadn't thought about it, but no. Could it have been your metal brace conducting the energy? No. The Goliathan chooses. But it has chosen an ape. Chooses. Perhaps the technology in your arm... Objection. This is not a puzzle for a novice ape mind. Well, you're awful quiet on the subject. Nemegayan thinks the captain carries the light. Not since Gara has the Goliathan been held by mortal flesh. But it is said that Gara will be Gali. If the Goliathan is mistaken, the captain will surely die. You think this could kill me? Nemegayan begs the captain's pardon. The Gali must meditate on this matter to avoid speaking in haste. I need everyone on the bridge, now. He sounds a little rattled. The trio hustles to the bridge. In the flickering yellow-green haze of the widest cockpit, they find Hank leaning over the communications console. Jablon paces behind him. What's going on? I've been monitoring ISF frequencies trying to make contact before we touch down on hearing us. We just picked this up. This is Vice Admiral Khalila Kliptok requesting immediate assistance. I repeat, this is Vice Admiral Khalila Kliptok requesting immediate assistance. My post at Fort Dakota is under attack. I repeat, my post at Fort Dakota is under attack. Requesting immediate assistance from all ISF allies in range. This is Vice Captain? Admiral Khalila Kliptok That's Kliptok! It certainly is. Mary, the clip talk is associated with the ape crew? Yes, yeah, she was a crew member, and uh, we lost her in a cave-in. We thought she was dead, but she's alive. We've got to go help her. Fort Dakota, 
Uh, does anyone recognize that? That's the old fort south of Smith's Point, isn't it? Yes, but that hasn't been occupied since the rebellion. Jablon, how fast can you get us to hear us with the engines at 70%? You got us up to 70? Nemegayan installed the Thoron couplers. Damn, Doc! That's impressive! I can get us there in under four hours. With engines at 70, the turrets can finally recharge. We still won't have use of the targeting systems, but I can use my sonar to target enemy ships manually. Excellent. Hank, I'll help you recharge the turrets. Argyle, you, and then McGann see if we can get those two aft cannons operable. The cadets scatter, hustling to prepare the ship. Hank and Stanek work quietly on the turrets. Hank considers telling Stanek about the invisible vessel, but shakes the thought away. Stanek, deterred by the silence, tries not to think about the strange voice in his dreams. This is Vice Admiral Khalil Kliptok requesting immediate assistance. I repeat, this is Vice Admiral Khalil Kliptok requesting immediate assistance. My post at Next time on Space Cadets. Elaborat will need to rally the pirates of the Outer Rim to cleanse Smith's point of a larger threat. What will be the fate of Elaborat's namesake? Find out in Episode 3, Acts of War, coming soon to Space Cadets Radio. Get updates on Season 2 and new entries in our listener's guide at spacecadetsradio.com. That's spacecadetsradio.com. 